Welcome to another episode of the Speech Entropy Podcast today with Andrew Herr. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? Going great. How are you doing tonight, Jonathan? Very well. I'm excited for this episode today. Um, you know, as usual, uh, we, we got a, you know, we got one icebreaker question for for our interviews or for our podcasts. And um, it would be great if you could kind of, you know, tell us who is it that we're talking to today? Uh, you know, what's kind of your you know, story, what's your background, where are you coming from, and how did you end up where you are today? Awesome. So I ran human performance and biotech strategy efforts for the military for seven years, everything from helping them write their research and development strategies, all the way down to getting Navy SEALs ready to deploy. And so that was a really amazing experience that let me kind of work across all the elements of human performance on the military side. And it got me to where I am today because of a question I would often ask myself, which is, how do we go from the really high level support we give to a thousand Navy SEALs? And how do we give that to a hundred thousand army grunts? And then similarly, when I transitioned out of working with the military, I was working with executives. How do we move from the C-suite to the rest of the company? And that question is what got me to the company I'm building today. Yeah, sounds amazing. Uh, so it's it's actually you know uh, it's quite interesting, and 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 I obviously need to ask the question. Um, how does how does one get to you know to do, you know, work together or let's say you know human performance enhancement with the military? Like like what what did get you like what that got you got you into into basically doing this? Uh, what got me there was a rather weird academic background, but to go back a little bit further, even you know, I grew up, my dad's a doctor. I grew up around medicine, was always quite interested. My mom's side of the family has a long military history, many generations. My grandfather was like quite a war hero. And so out of that work, I was looking at university and I said, you know, like I was looking at different programs and I found one that allowed me to do science, technology and national security at Georgetown, which is like this amazing mix of both the things I was interested in. And then while I was doing that, I was taking courses on nuclear weapons, on uh, biotech and the military. And I realized pretty quickly that if I wanted to really help, I better be very deep in the science and technology. And so I ended up doing graduate work in radiation physics and the, and the effects of radiation on human biology in immunology and in national security policy. Um, and that broad background and kind of across science and policy uh, gave me an opportunity. Somebody walked into the career center actually and said, we need someone who does biology and national security and can write. And they're like, well, you should meet this guy, Andrew. And that was the start of getting hired by organizations that work with the military and that over time allowed me to uh, be involved in some very, very interesting projects. Sounds good. Um, so if we talk about, so, I mean, we'll, we're definitely going to get into the company that you're building, building today. But if we talk about this notion of, you know, human performance um, and, you know, improving human performance on, you know, on this really high, high level of like, you know, where individuals are, you know, not kind of the average Joe, but let's say, you know, in the military context or so, what does that, what does that even mean? You know, like give us some examples of like, okay, so, how how does how did how did your work basically basically look like in in really you know kind of like developing programs or kind of you know like trying to understand like okay so how can we actually get you know get get these people to even better perform on you know on all different types of levels and what are these levels? 
So the first thing you want to think about is what type of performance do you want to help someone improve or optimize? So think about cognitive or mental performance, physical performance, and then socio-emotional performance, uh, things like leadership, for example. And so we think across all these broad categories. And then when you're working with an individual, you really have to figure out what's their baseline, where do they want to get to, and what's likely causing them to not be making progress. And so that allowed us to build out models that said, you know, if we understand where they are and where they want to go, like what are the pathways, the different parts of their physiology that may be preventing them from getting where they want to go? So when people aren't recovering fast enough, you can imagine there's a lot of injuries in the military, not just in combat, in training, you're jumping out of airplanes, you're diving, all these things. Like maybe it's their inflammatory pathways that we need to dial back or dial up to get them to recover faster. You know, inflammation is obviously generally talked about as a negative thing, but there's aspects of it that are important for healing and, and, and you know, preventing or recovering from infections. So you know, we're thinking about how do we dial up and back different physiological parameters, and you've got to know which ones they are. So that's where you want as much data as possible. So you're thinking about blood work, you're thinking about wearable data, you're thinking about you know, questions you can only ask of the person. And the very cool thing is, when you're working with somebody like a special operator that is at the very edge of what's possible for a human, they usually know quite a bit about their body if you know what questions to ask. And even better, because they're right at the edge of performance, they know when something's changing. And so that was the best part of it is, one, we could get a ton of data from them. And then two, when we used interventions, we knew if they were working or not. And so you build this rapidly iterative system where you do an invention, you collect data, you understand where it's driving them, and then use that data to understand where to go next. And so that looked like everything from working with Navy SEALs, trying to think through how to perform better on an eight-hour dive mission to Air Force pilots flying at very high altitude, all the way through you know people just needing to come back from surgeries and injuries faster. So again, all the way from recovery but accelerated to elite and extreme in performance all right so you know if if, if we if, uh, you know if, if we're going to transition to kind of your next uh period in, in your professional life you know maybe to to sum things up if is there like one thing that you could kind of like highlight you know one experience of of you know that that period in time uh which which you found profound and like or what what, what kind of like shaped your you know, career path in the sense of like, uh, you know, maybe a project or I don't know, like anything that uh, that you found like super, super, super kind of impressing. There's really a lot of experiences there. I'll just highlight a couple. All right. One was working with the special operations community and seeing how different interventions worked very differently for different people. And that really gets to the core of what we do now. But is the idea that personalization matters and it matters a huge amount. And then the second piece was, again, this idea of constantly coming back to, you know, I'd be on a military base and be talking to a group and some of the junior soldiers would come up to me and be like, hey, like, if you need a guinea pig for something, I'll volunteer for it. And I was like, you know, like, if it's a research study, there's IRBs and things involved, but there was a huge demand for this. And I couldn't spend my time working with every individual that wouldn't work, or we couldn't afford to have elite coaches. There just also just aren't enough elite coaches to work with every, you know, junior individual army grunt. 
And so I think the big takeaways are personalization matters and there's a huge demand for this. And that, of course, raises the question immediately, like, how do you scale this? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the, this is obviously the, the question, uh, you know, the central question, essentially, right? And um, so, I mean, you said, like, you, you started afterwards, you started to work with the executives, right? So, I mean, that's also obviously uh, kind of, you know, your, your next um, group of high-performing individuals, you know, maybe maybe not physically as on, you know on the same level um well although it's it's also quite physically draining but um um you know let, let, let's let's talk about this 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 question then you know how do you scale this how do you try to 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 scale especially personalization right not just not just like you know um a, a program ultimately that that kind of improves people uh, you know generally speaking but like really on a personalized level so you know let's maybe kind of dive into this philosophically like what are your thoughts about this so the obvious answer that everyone's drawn to here is great we'll build digital coaches that will help personalize or we'll just build an algorithm that says if your blood says this or your dna says this here's what you should be doing right the problem is that none of the data that exists today no matter how much blood work you do no matter what part of the dna you sequence None of it can get you to really deep levels of personalization. We just don't know enough about the human body. Taking DNA as an example, there's so many layers of epigenetics and environment and these other factors that are between your genes and how they're expressed that it, it doesn't even really make sense that that would be hugely predictive of what you should do. It can explain a little bit of the outcomes and even a lot of the outcomes sometimes if you just give everyone the same solution, but that doesn't tell you what would happen if you gave everyone a personalized solution. So when we looked at this problem of like, okay, how do we build digital coaches that can do high level personalization? The big conclusion is that none of the data that exists today could ever be good enough to build, use like all these machine learning techniques and AI techniques that are available today to get you there. Because you would need a data set that seems crazy. It would have to be like, yeah. you know, normally in a study, you do one experiment per person. I want two or three dozen experiments per person. I want thousands of people, not like a 20-person study. Yeah. And I want blood work and wearable data and interview data. And then I want it repetitively throughout a series of months when you're running all these experiments. And the government's never going to pay for that. And academia probably couldn't pull that study off, even if they had the $200 million it would take. But what we realized was the concierge programs we were running for executives at that point collected exactly that data set. And that trust was the key insight was that it is possible to build this data set. Mm. And then once you have that data, it will be possible to build these hyper accurate machine learning models. And they won't give you a specific answer. You should do X. They'll design experiments for you. And then they'll know what to do when you mm. get the results of those experiments. And so that is what we're doing at Fount. We run these incredibly comprehensive concierge wellness programs with our full goal of you know, delivering these incredible results for our clients, and we do. And at the same time, those clients are helping us collect the data set that will allow us to scale this to millions of people. And so that is you know, the today and the huge mission of what we're doing. And then along the way, of course, we have really cool discoveries like, for example, we can now send about 95% of people in the, anywhere in the world with no jet lag. Mm. 
That's interesting. So let, let's talk about let's talk about two two kind of important factors here. So one is uh, exactly what you said, like right. So you need you need to have a, a kind of like a you know a, a data set that 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 you know has a high quality uh, you know uh, and 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 can be used as an input in order to really you know utilize some sort of algorithms that can you know that can that can give some sort of personalized uh, outcome in that regard. If you have like a you know n inputs for example, so how big does like how 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 far are you from like kind of like you know building building such a data set like what what's kind of the timeline that we're talking about here and like you know how how many people do you currently for example have like running through your programs and what's kind of the adherence to that for example because th those factors are probably like the, all these questions are important to that yeah so the you know based on the modeling we've done we want about five thousand people in the data set to be able to handle 70% of the population or one standard deviation of the population. Mm. And so our goal is to get that built in the next couple of years. And so we're, we want to move as fast as possible. Obviously as a startup, we want to go fast always, but this is a really within reach, but it takes an incredible amount of care. You have to you know, build a scale, a concierge program. You have to collect the data properly. Like you said, you have to get people to adhere to things and all those things together. Thankfully, work really well for us and we're in the process now of scaling them up and we're really excited about the opportunities that it provides how many how many uh, different kind of um you know data points are you collecting on an individual so we do for example blood work every four to six weeks depending on the program you're in and that's 110 biomarkers mm. each time we're collecting sleep data every night where you're interacting with your coach on our team on video every week and then, you know, via messaging in between. So again, these are incredibly high density data sets uh, and we're able to, again, iteratively capture that. And then we also have data, for example, on some of our clients, we'll get full body MRIs. We'll get, you know, CGM data, continuous glucose monitor data. So we're constantly augmenting these core data sets in a way that will make it even more valuable over time. Okay. So, you know, let, let's talk about, um, let's say, you know, kind of different data inputs in that regard. And, um, you know, let, let's take blood work and uh, variables, because I think, you know, that I, 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 um, I think that there's a very interesting discussion around, you know, these, these two different approaches and, and, you know, kind of, uh, what is the gold standard and what benchmarks against the gold standard, you know? And so um, uh, how, so first of all, every four to six weeks of blood work is, is, is quite often, right? So, and then, um, then again, the, the number of, of, of biomarkers that you are um, then basically tracking within the lab. Um, so how do these basically numbers come up? So like, how did you come up with the iteration of these, let's say four to six weeks, and then like the amount of the number of biomarkers, why exactly, you know, that number of biomarkers? Yeah, so two pieces here. We chose four to six weeks because you can't get somebody to give a lot of blood every day. It's just not logistically feasible for people, yeah. but you also want it often enough that you can track the results of experiments. And so, you know, it turns out that after a lot of experimentation, monthly or every six weeks is a real sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And then we've chosen the labs we can draw based on two factors. One, what are the what are the biomarkers that are known to be predictive today? For example, mm -hmm. longevity and other factors mm -hmm. that are inputs into how those 
influence the body. So that would be like vitamins, minerals, things of that nature. And then what are areas that are most interesting to track that we may or may not know the influence of those? So for example, additional inflammatory biomarkers or metabolic biomarkers. And then you go to the maximum number you can order without breaking the system of the labs that collect it. And it turns out that is a huge factor. Uh, many of these labs, if you order more than a certain number of tests, they have problems or they don't draw them correctly or their internal software systems don't work well. And so we've optimized around the right number of tests that you can order to still get you know, all the data back and, and have them work well with you as a partner. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and I guess, and 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 also, you know, that's that's probably uh, also worth mentioning is that that it, you know every 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 marker that is that is being included is obviously also a cost factor, right? So you know um, that that probably also comes into into play, right? So that actually hasn't been something we've taken into account. We spend more money on these programs than our clients pay, oh, and okay. we do that because we the you know, we'll never sell our clients data. It's actually mm -hmm. our most valuable, it's really the most valuable yeah. uh, resource of the company. But the data that they're helping us provide will help us build this for millions of people. So they're actually contributing to helping a lot of people in the future. And mm -hmm. so the more we want to collect more data than we can do economically. And the beauty is that also lets us help them in a way we normally couldn't do. So they're actually paying, you know, quite a bit. Our programs are expensive, but at the end of the day, they're getting even more value for it than they would because we're subsidizing it with the sort of venture capital money we've raised to build these, you know, incredibly valuable data sets. Right. So, um, what's your personal take on, let's say, the, um, you know, reliability of 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 uh, wearables as a data source? So, what what has been your experience of utilizing that? You know, in and in, in really kind of, you know developing or, or judging uh, or taking that as an input for human performance? It's well known that most of the wearables on the market are not that absolutely accurate. And by absolute accuracy, I mean, like relative to the, you know, if you were in the, if you could get a perfect data stream, but what they're really good at overall is telling you, did it change? Did it get better or worse? So when you look at it compared to a self baseline, Hey, I started here and now I'm better. Now I'm worse. Now I'm the same. That's actually quite accurate. And so, you know, understanding that these are not perfect data collection devices, they're still very valuable and provide us very valuable trend data uh, when we consider that like self-controlled accuracy. Interesting. So you mentioned you mentioned sleep as well, that that that's kind of like an important input for you guys as well. So um what why is sleep so important? Um kind of, you know, as a as a let's say well, how do we describe it best as a period within a, you know, within a given day to, to measure or to know what's happening? Sleep's really valuable for two reasons. One, it's the master recovery tool. If you're not sleeping well, your body becomes increasingly dysregulated. You don't recover faster. And we all know this, right? We, our bodies don't feel as good. Our mind, our brain doesn't feel as good when we don't sleep. It's also sensitive to other things happening during the day, stress hormone levels, inflammation decreases, REM sleep. So it's both something that matters for its effects. And it's also tracking, it allows you to understand things that are happening in the body. And so that's why it's so valuable is we're getting these two pieces of data, and they're both actionable then as we move forward. Interesting. So um, if, we, if we talk about your uh, journey into, into, you know, really building a, you know, 
building a venture case around this. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm curious, right? So there's a uh, there's a there's a lot of companies in you know in this kind of personalized health and wellness space. And um, uh, tell me about you know your your approach towards kind of you know saying like okay, hey, I want to I want to collect venture uh, venture capital. Um, so how how did you how did you come about this? How did you frame the you know frame the case? Um, and then approach basically investors. Tell me about that really kind of early stage of you know really you know collecting collecting capital in order to build build out a company. If I've learned one thing about raising, especially at sort of the seed stage, it's tell the big story first. So it took me a this was my first time raising venture money for this company, and so it took me a few uh, dozen iterations to get it exactly right. But what I realized is we weren't going to tell the story of we're building this program that will collect a data set. It's the story is the other way around. We're going to build a data set that unlocks the future. And so as I told them, you know, none of the data that exists today can ever get people to where they want to go, which is just to know simply what should I, you know, eat, take, and do to look, feel, and perform like I want. People just want a simple answer. And what's amazing is, Health is one of the few areas where people interact and have bad outcomes due to bad products. And we blame the customer and not the bad products. If you're the, if no one wants to use your software because it's not well-designed, we blame the software, not the person. But in health, we seem to blame the person for, oh, you don't have willpower, you don't have this and that. And willpower matters, but you know, I always say, if you, know, if you have a 50th percentile solution, it doesn't work that well, it's hard to do. 75th percentile, it works, but it's hard to do. When you give someone a 95th percentile solution, the thing that's really tailored to them, it becomes much easier to do and it works really well. So even the willpower piece is potentially solvable with building the right data set. And so the, the really what I took to VCs was there's a way to build the future that people want but it doesn't look like anything else that's on the market. You have to collect these exquisite data sets and that enables the future. And we thankfully were able to find people who really believed in that vision. Interesting. So um, if you, uh, you know, if, if you're thinking about kind of the next, um, you know, next couple of years, especially, you know, within the given, uh, given, you know, market right now, how do you envision, how do you envision kind of the, you know, let's say next 24 months for, for, for you and your company as well? Next 24 months, we're going to be scaling up our concierge room. We, you know, we right now we have to keep customers on a wait list because we don't have enough coaches available. We we're really sent, you know, we train them incredibly well. And so we only allow them to work with our clients when they're fully ready. So we'll be scaling up the concierge business at the same time as launching a series of products that we've discovered based on this approach we've developed. I mentioned one for jet lag. We have a women's health product that can eliminate PMS symptoms for the majority of women. We have a brand new supplement we've discovered that helps dramatically improve sleep in about a third of people. And that's kind of a cool example of why what we do is really valuable because if you think about a supplement that works in a third of people, and by the way, in a third of people makes their sleep worse. If you ran a clinical trial that's normal way, it would show no effect. Some mm -hmm. people got better, some people got worse, no effect. But because we're so involved and collect so much data, we actually were able to identify this 
accidentally. It, we were using it for clients for a totally different reason. And yet we saw that for a third of them, their deep sleep got dramatically better. They felt way better. And so we'll be launching that product as part of a customized sleep and recovery program. Mm. So again, we'll launch a series of products that we've already discovered based on our incredibly in-depth data set. And then we'll continue to discover these new insights and develop new products while at the same time continuing to scale up our concierge program. And that gives you this sort of barbell strategy where we'll have products that are more accessible today, as well as our, you know, this incredibly fun and effective concierge program that's still expensive for the customer. Yeah, maybe let's get a little bit more into the in, into detail into like these two things that you mentioned. So the one with the jet lag and the PMS one. So, you know, if you could elaborate a little bit more on those two. Yeah, on jet lag, what we discovered, and this actually drew on things we've seen with our clients, but also some work I'd done with the military many years ago, was when you scuba dive, if people, if listeners are familiar with diving, they'll know about the bends and decompression sickness. And if you go dive and you come up too quickly, you get this response and it can kill you, can cause severe damage to your body. What we learned was this isn't just uh, an issue of, you know, nitrogen bubbles coming out in your blood, which was the prior understanding. Turns out that there's an inflammatory response that is tied in with this decompression sickness. And so working with our clients and watching the patterns of symptoms they had when they traveled, we were able to realize that actually when you fly, you go take off from normally about sea level to altitude, you actually are causing an inflammatory response by, by having this big pressure change, just as you have a big pressure change with diving, although not as big with flying. So we discovered that there's this inflammatory response when you fly. And it turns out that when you turn that off, you can much more rapidly shift someone's circadian rhythm, mm. especially if you know how to use all the tools. So we know how to shift the central circadian rhythm or one in your brain. And you combine that with shifting the peripheral, the circadian rhythms in your liver and your gut and your body. And that's what makes this program so effective. Basically, we're able to tell you what time to wake up the morning you leave. You don't have to do anything days before. We have a custom dietary supplement protocol um, designed by the algorithm and the app we give you that customizes to your body and your trip. You follow the dietary supplement protocol, follow the meal protocol and when to sleep during your program. And like I said, about 95% of people can go to Europe, Asia, Australia, you pick it with minimal to no jet lag at this point because of these really core insights about um, inflammation and, and air travel. All right. So basically, uh, you know, just to, 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 again, uh, uh, you know, ask what I understood correct. So the, the two major levers then again, uh, that, or, you know, compounds that you're giving to the people are, you know, the, the kind of exact sleep rhythm they need to, to have and, and, uh, and the nutrition recommendation. So it's nutrient when to eat, sleep, use the dietary supplements and kit. And we also give you, for example, blue light blocking glasses that are tuned specifically. We tell you when to wear them. So, you know, we're doing nutrition, supplements, sleep, and light all together. Mm -hmm. Those four toolkits allow mm -hmm. us to dramatically shift your circadian rhythm. That's that's insane. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, how how about how about PMS? So that's we're actually just filing the patent paperwork on that right now. So I can't talk quite as much about that. But right. the key there, the key insight there is that your protocol should not work the same all the time women's hormonal cycles change. And so you should have a protocol that shifts along with their hormonal cycle. 
And by using supplements, nutrition and exercise recommendations, we're able to shift those along the cycle and drive dramatic results. How how does uh, how how um how does hormones in general play a role in there? Like, is isn't that like a, also like a you know a lever a leverage to pull like to you know to kind of adjust the hormonal imbalances? It's it's a bigger question of why a woman is getting feeling different symptoms. So there's inflammatory components, there's hormone components. We don't use we're not using prescription hormones or anything as part of these products, but you can shift the second order effects of these and especially the inflammatory piece is really within reach to modulate and so that's you know one of the major drivers of these physical symptoms of pms are these inflammatory drivers caused quite naturally by the hormonal cycle so you know we don't want to give women hormones because that would potentially you know that has implications for fertility it has implications for long-term health so we're not going to give them hormones we're going to work with their body to mitigate the effects in a way uh, that's much more positive. So for example, some women will see a dramatic drop in calcium levels in their blood during this time, naturally. And it turns out that 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 causes changes in mood. And so if you know whether this is present in a woman, you can replace her calcium, um, especially if you do it with supplements that don't cause very large spikes, but maybe do it more slowly over time. You can you can replace that and actually drive improvements in how she feels. So again, there's all these subtleties around not wanting to play with the hormones necessarily, but wanting to optimize the effects of them in a way that then doesn't mess with fertility and other things, and in fact may benefit it. Interesting. All right. Um, you know, maybe as a kind of as a wrap up question here, uh, Andrew. So, you know, obviously you are, you know, looking at a lot of different things in order to kind of improve um, performance. You know, if, if you look at the space of like, you know, personalized health and wellness, what are some things that you find super exciting that you would like, you know, that you are looking at kind of from your from your, you know, through through your glasses and say like, hey, this is, the, you know, this, this is quite exciting. Um, I, I find it's quite interesting. I think anything that allows us to collect higher quality data more frequently is exciting because what you need to be doing is running experiments and then using the outcome of those experiments to make decisions. So if that's, you know, in the US we have, you know, direct consumer blood testing now, you don't need a doctor write a prescription. In the US we now have direct consumer full body MRIs. You know, we work with a company called Ezra that does an incredible job with that. It's CGMs with companies like Levels, continuous glucose monitors that you can watch how different foods affect your blood sugar. So we're really interested in anything that allows you to collect high quality, high frequency or or continuous data. That's what allows us to then track the results of experiments. And if you're running experiments, especially if you know which ones to design and run first, you can drive incredible results incredibly quickly. All right, Andrew, thanks a lot for being on the show. It was super great having you here. Thanks so much, Johnson. Great to be on the show and uh, look forward to being in touch in the future.